Guidelines in Practice, Moderate Sedation and Analgesia by Catherine Williams Abstract Moderate sedation and analgesia, MSA, can help patients experience less anxiety and discomfort, tolerate procedures that do not require general anesthesia, and maintain the ability to respond to verbal commands. Nurses administer MSA in a variety of clinical areas, and facility leaders may have difficulty creating a single standard of care for this task. Completion of a pre-sedation assessment that includes the patient in the decision-making process is an important aspect of care. When administering MSA, nurses should have immediate unrestricted patient access and no competing responsibilities that could distract them from monitoring and assessing the patient. Nurses should complete education and competency verification activities before administering MSA. AORN recently revised the guideline for care of the patient receiving moderate sedation analgesia, and this article addresses the standard of care, the pre-sedation assessment, patient monitoring, and competency. It also includes scenarios describing specific concerns in two patient care areas. Since the 1980s, clinicians have used moderate sedation and analgesia, MSA, also known as conscious or procedural sedation, to provide patients comfort during procedures that may be difficult to tolerate when awake but do not require general anesthesia. Moderate sedation and analgesia provides the patient with both pain and anxiety relief during procedures while still allowing him or her to respond to verbal commands. It also facilitates a faster recovery. The recently revised AORN Guideline for Care of the Patient Receiving Moderate Sedation Analgesia provides direction and guidance to RNs who administer MSA in perioperative and non-OR procedure areas. The guideline includes information on the scope of nursing practice, performing a pre-sedation patient assessment, medication administration, discharge readiness criteria, education, policies and procedures, and quality. The AORN project team assessed the available evidence and made recommendations when the benefits of the initiative clearly would exceed the harms. In general, high to moderate quality evidence supports recommendations. The project team made conditional recommendations when the benefits of the initiative likely would exceed the harms. Any level of evidence supports conditional recommendations under certain conditions. The evidence table for the MSA guideline can be found at https colon double slash aorn.org slash hyphen slash media slash aorn slash guidelines slash evidence hyphen rating hyphen and hyphen tables slash evidence hyphen table hyphen mod hyphen sed hyphen 0621.pdf. This article provides an overview of the standard of care for administering MSA, the pre-sedation assessment, patient monitoring, and competency. Table 1 lists the specific guideline recommendations addressed in this article. Table 2 identifies guideline recommendations for some frequently asked questions that are not discussed in this article. Perioperative nurses should review the revised guideline in its entirety 
for additional information that may affect their practice. Standard of care. Between 2000 and 2010, outpatient visits for procedures that may require MSA, for example, imaging scans, endoscopy procedures, increased. Before 2000, clinicians almost exclusively administered MSA in dental offices, ORs, and intensive care units. However, clinicians now administer MSA in many practice areas, such as those previously listed, as well as interventional radiology suites, cardiac catheterization laboratories, freestanding physician offices, emergency departments, and endoscopy suites. As a result of the expanded use of MSA, the number of stakeholders, for example, patients, nurses, anesthesia professionals, surgeons, licensed independent practitioners, LIPs, administrative leaders, has increased. Additional stakeholders may include professional licensing boards, third-party payers, and regulatory bodies. Because of the number of stakeholders, nurses who administer MSA may encounter many external and internal rules, regulations, policies, and processes. Therefore, AORN recommends that nurses who administer MSA provide a single standard of care, for example, patient monitoring equipment, to be used across all perioperative and non-perioperative practice areas of a specific facility. Administrators and nursing leaders should base the standard of care on accrediting body regulations, state requirements and declaratory rulings, recommendations from professional organizations, for example, guidelines, and research-based evidence. The standard of care should specify safe patient care practices. Leaders should support nurses during its implementation. AORN recommends that an anesthesia professional or a qualified LIP directly supervise the nurse administering MSA and the American Society of Anesthesiologists, ASA, supports this recommendation. Nurses administering MSA in any area of a facility should monitor patients in the same manner with the same type of equipment. Pre-sedation patient assessment Before administering MSA, AORN recommends nurses and LIPs perform a pre-sedation patient assessment to ensure the patient is a candidate for MSA and then document the assessment results. When completing the assessment, clinicians may use a physical status classification tool, for example, the ASA Physical Status Classification System, to determine patient acuity. Nurses should consult with a supervising LIP and an anesthesia professional when they identify a patient who presents with a presumed ASA classification of 3 or higher. AORN recommends that the pre-sedation patient assessment include a review of the patients. 1. Allergies 2. Vital signs 3. Lung sounds and airway status 4. Age 5. Height, weight, and body mass index 6. Relevant medical and surgical history, including obstructive sleep apnea, OSA 7. Medications, including over-the-counter therapies 8. 
alcohol, tobacco, and illicit drug use. 9. Relevant diagnostic and laboratory test results. 10. Physical and sensory limitations. 11. Levels of pain and anxiety. 12. NPO status. 13. Anesthesia and medication reactions. And 14. Discharge plans, including transportation. During the pre-sedation assessment, the nurse should note and discuss any findings that may alter the metabolism of the sedation and analgesia medications with the LIP or anesthesia professional. A patient with moderate hypotension may be at risk for deterioration of mental status and pulmonary function if he or she receives an opioid during a procedure. Nurses also should consider the depressant effect of medications, such as opioids, on patients who experience difficulty breathing. In addition, patients who have received an OSA diagnosis or have a recent history of smoking may not tolerate the position required for the procedure. Special Considerations Nurses should include the patient in the decision-making process when determining if MSA will be appropriate for a procedure. Although some patients may not fully understand MSA, each patient should be included in a discussion of options and to be encouraged to discuss their preferences regarding MSA. Results of a study of patients undergoing vascular access device placement showed that shared decision-making with patients before the procedure resulted in higher patient satisfaction. Patients appreciated the opportunity to provide input related to their care. Nurses should empower patients to participate in opportunities for shared decision-making to select the options most aligned with each patient's goals. Obstructive sleep apnea. During the pre-sedation assessment, AORN recommends that providers evaluate patients for OSA, which, quote, is a syndrome characterized by periodic, partial, or complete obstruction in the upper airway during sleep. End quote. Patients diagnosed with OSA may experience repeated waking while sleeping to maintain their airway, daytime sleepiness, oxygen desaturation associated with sleep, and cardiovascular dysfunction. Perioperative personnel can use a variety of screening tools. For example, Berlin Questionnaire, Stop Bang Questionnaire, when assessing patients for OSA. The Berlin Questionnaire contains three sections that focus on snoring, daytime fatigue and sleepiness, and medical history. The Stop Bang Questionnaire includes subjective, that is, snoring, tiredness, observed apnea, hypertension, and demographic, that is, body mass index, age, neck circumference, gender, criteria. Older adult patients. Although the pre-sedation assessment should be standardized, some patients require special considerations. Nurses should complete a pre-sedation assessment for older adult patients that includes the previously described criteria and an assessment for frailty, functional status, and cognitive impairment which may affect the patient's ability to provide informed consent. Prehabilitation may provide improved outcomes for very frail patients. Pregnant patients. 
nurses should review pregnancy test results to determine if the patient is pregnant. Because some medications used during MSA may harm a fetus, pregnant patients require medications that do not cross the placental barrier. In addition, a pregnant patient may need a different position, for example, left lateral tilt, than the standard position for the procedure. Pediatric patients. During the pre-sedation assessment of pediatric patients, nurses should verify the patient's current weight so they can calculate the required weight-based medication dosages. In addition, nurses should use the facility's standardized pediatric assessment criteria, which may include identification of 1. Premature birth 2. Congenital anomalies 3. Developmental or physical delays and 4. Any issues that may affect the patient's ability to respond purposefully to instructions when sedated. After completing the pediatric assessment, the nurse should verify that the patient meets the qualifications to receive MSA and the method of delivery provides for patient safety. Cannabis and opioids. Cannabis use and chronic use of opioids may affect the metabolism of MSA medications. Therefore, nurses should assess the patient's use of these substances before administering MSA. Patients who use cannabis or opioids can be at risk for development of dysrhythmias, myocardial infarction, stroke, airway obstruction, venous thromboembolism, or bleeding, and may require increased doses of medication during MSA procedures. Patient Monitoring AORN provides several recommendations related to monitoring the patient during a procedure requiring MSA. The nurse who administers MSA should remain with the patient to provide continual monitoring, that is, monitoring repeated regularly and frequently in steady rapid succession. In addition, the nurse should have unrestricted immediate access to the patient and no competing responsibilities that could distract him or her from monitoring and assessing the patient. The leader responsible for team member assignments should plan accordingly to ensure the appropriate number of staff members and required equipment are available for a procedure requiring MSA. AORN recommends that leaders assign two perioperative RNs to the procedure to ensure that the nurse who administers MSA may fully attend to the patient. AORN recommends that nurses have access to and knowledge of the proper equipment required to care for and monitor the patient receiving MSA. Monitoring equipment should include a pulse oximeter, cardiac monitor, capnography device, and blood pressure measurement device. The nurse also should have immediate access to an oxygen source with oxygen tubing, a nasal cannula, and a face mask, a suction source, tubing, and tip, and emergency equipment for resuscitation. AORN recommends that the nurse monitoring the patient receiving MSA verify that all, quote, clinical alarms of automatic monitoring devices are audible, end quote, so that he or she can take appropriate action if the patient's status changes and the alarm sounds. Nurses should assess and monitor the patient's level of consciousness when administering MSA. 
the assessment should include the patient's ability to respond to verbal commands and may be combined with light tactile stimulation. Clinicians also should use an objective assessment scale, such as the ASA's Continuum of Depth of Sedation Scale or the Ramsey Sedation Scale. AORN provides a conditional recommendation for use of adjunct technology, such as bispectral index monitoring, to measure the patient's sedation level when administering propofol. Competency Clinical leaders should provide MSA education activities for nurses and verify the competency of nurses who administer MSA. Competency verification should address the patient monitoring process, including interpretation of measurements and proficiency when using the physiological monitoring equipment. It also should include pharmacology of MSA medications, compromised airway management, and basic dysrhythmia recognition and management. The MSA guideline provides a complete list of additional topics that leaders should include when educating clinicians and verifying competency. Outpatient Facility Scenario Karen, an RN who works in an outpatient endoscopy suite, frequently administers MSA to patients. Endoscopists perform scheduled procedures Monday through Friday between 7 a.m. and 5 p.m. and emergency procedures after scheduled hours and on weekends. Karen completes call shifts for emergency procedures, but she rarely receives a request to stay late or return to work after her scheduled shift or on the weekends. However, during the middle of a scheduled workday, the supervisor requests that Karen stay after her scheduled shift because Dr. P., the endoscopist, scheduled three urgent procedures. At the end of the second urgent procedure, the RN circulator receives a phone call from his wife, who is in the emergency department with their child. He finishes the procedure and leaves immediately afterward. One procedure that requires an RN circulator remains on the urgent schedule. The staff members present include Dr. P., the endoscopy technician, a certified surgical technologist, and Karen. The patient completed the gastrointestinal preparation process and is ready for the procedure. Dr. P. requests that Karen bring the patient into the procedure room so he can begin. Before she began working as an MSA nurse, Karen completed the required education with competency verification. She knows that AORN recommends that the person administering MSA remain with the patient at all times and have no competing duties that would compromise continual patient monitoring and assessment. Therefore, before addressing Dr. P's request, she contacts the supervisor to notify her of the situation and requests additional staff member coverage for the urgent procedure and the remainder of the call shift. The supervisor contacts another RN circulator who arrives at the facility approximately 30 minutes later. Although the procedure is delayed, the team provides safe patient care by ensuring there is adequate staffing so each team member can fulfill his or her assigned role. Multi-site scenario At a multi-site health system that includes an academic medical center, leaders are aware that nurses administer MSA in a variety of clinical locations, and personnel in each clinical area of the health system maintain the policies for that location. 
The MSA policies in these various areas differ for staff member scheduling, equipment, required education, and competency verification. One morning, Bridget, the perioperative charge nurse, receives a phone call from Eduardo, the endoscopy unit's charge nurse. He tells her the endoscopy unit has a staff member shortage and requests that she send an RN to administer MSA. Sabrina, an experienced perioperative nurse recently hired at the facility, has completed the education and competency verification to administer MSA in the OR, so Bridget requests that Sabrina float to the endoscopy unit for the remainder of the shift to administer MSA. When Sabrina arrives in the endoscopy unit, she quickly notices that the standard of care for administering MSA is different from what she was taught in the OR. Monitoring and documentation processes are not the same, and Eduardo tells her that she will be performing the RN circulator duties, for example, specimen management, while administering MSA. These expectations frustrate Sabrina, and she expresses her concerns to Eduardo. He tells her that the endoscopy unit's policies are different from those in the OR, and that he expects Sabrina to do the required work. Although it is stressful, she completes the shift. The next day, Sabrina shares her experience with Bridget in the perioperative clinical educator and volunteers to participate on an interdisciplinary team to create a standardized MSA process for the organization based on the applicable AORN guideline. Bridget and the educator contact the perioperative manager, who facilitates the creation of an interdisciplinary team, comprising organization leaders, physicians, and staff members from a variety of departments. For example, surgery, anesthesia, endoscopy, cardiac catheterization laboratory, interventional radiology, quality and risk management. Because of her previous experience administering MSA at another large health system, Sabrina represents the perioperative nurses on the team. During the first meeting, Sabrina shares her concerns regarding a lack of standard process and suggests the team compile a description of the MSA process for each area. The team members gather the information and review it at the next meeting. They notice that many of the MSA processes in the clinical areas vary, including the 1. Number of staff members present, that is, 1 to 5. 2. Type of clinician administering MSA. 3. Pre-sedation assessment, including determination of ASA classification. 4. OSA assessment tools. 5. Medication dosage adjustment for cannabis or opioid users. 6. Available emergency equipment, for example, pediatric code cart. 7. Use of capnography. And 8. Monitoring equipment competencies. The interdisciplinary team notes that personnel administering MSA in all clinical areas do not include the patient in the decision-making process. Additionally, although nurses who administer MSA complete an annual education activity on the topic, the presentation and test questions have not been changed for several years. The team agrees that the MSA process requires standardization with an update of policies and procedures, staff member education, and competency verification. The interdisciplinary team meets regularly 
and develops a single standard of care for all clinical areas in which personnel administer MSA. The team determines the requirements for all personnel involved in procedures requiring MSA. When developing the standardized policy and procedure, the team members agree to require that clinical leaders assign an RN to administer medication and monitor each patient receiving MSA and designate a second nurse to be the RN circulator. The team realizes that this change of practice may increase labor costs, but should be safer for patients. The policy specifies that if the minimum number of staff members is not met, MSA will not be an option. The policy further outlines the appropriate pre-sedation assessment, patient monitoring, and discharge criteria. It also lists appropriate medications for RN-administered MSA, according to the state's Board of Nursing requirements. The interdisciplinary team also determines the required equipment and supplies for each area in which patients receive MSA, according to the AORN guidelines. This includes not only monitoring equipment and supplies used during each procedure, but appropriate emergency equipment and supplies. Some of the monitoring equipment requires a capital purchase, and the team works with organization leaders to expedite the purchasing process. The interdisciplinary team consults with the Nursing Professional Development, NPD, team, to assist with identifying the required education and competency verification process. Members of the NPD team research available options and present a plan to purchase an interactive program with a competency validation tool to address the educational needs. For example, pre-sedation assessment, patient monitoring, MSA administration, and support critical thinking. After purchasing the additional equipment, the interdisciplinary team collaborates with vendor representatives and NPD team members to provide necessary education on the new devices. The NPD team members create a special course for capnography interpretation, develop an education activity for the standardized OSA assessment tool, and provide a review course on electrocardiogram interpretation. Finally, the interdisciplinary team drafts a letter regarding the pre-sedation assessment requirements to send to all LIPs with MSA credentials and privileges. The LIPs will need to complete a patient assessment immediately before each procedure to determine a presumed ASA classification. The letter specifies that any patient with a presumed ASA classification of 3 or higher will require an anesthesia consult. Staff members also will be notified of this change. If an LIP or anesthesia professional does not complete the pre-sedation assessment, the patient cannot be considered a candidate for MSA. Leaders implement the MSA process throughout the healthcare system and provide clinical educators to consult with clinicians during the implementation. Leaders in some clinical areas express concerns related to the budget, the revised process, and clinician compliance. However, the implementation process results in improvements in patient safety and satisfaction. In addition, the leaders realize the standardized process makes it easier to address staff member shortages because nurses like Sabrina will be able to administer MSA in any area without the frustration associated with a lack of standardization. Conclusion 
moderate sedation and analgesia can help patients tolerate procedures that do not require a general anesthetic. When standardizing MSA processes for a facility or healthcare system, leaders should use available literature, for example, evidence-based guidelines, regulatory documents, to create a single standard of care. Nurses who administer MSA should complete a pre-sedation assessment, include the patients in the development of the MSA plan, and monitor patients during the procedure. The pre-sedation assessment should include a review of the patient's health status, including allergies, age, medications, and relevant medical and surgical history, including OSA, cannabis use, and chronic opioid use. Older adults and pediatric patients require an age-related assessment, for example, cognitive status, congenital anomalies. The LIP or anesthesia professional also should determine the patient's presumed ASA classification and verify that the patient is a candidate for MSA. When continually monitoring patients during MSA administration, the nurse should remain in constant attendance with unrestricted immediate access to the patient. Facility leaders should provide education and verify competency of nurses who administer MSA, including their ability to interpret measurements and their proficiency when using the physiological monitoring equipment.